Hey, this is Pastor Arm, and I want to thank you for joining me today for the Activation Church podcast. We are here so that people can activate their life in Christ, and I believe this message is going to help you go further than ever before. Check it out. When I was a kid, there was a song that we used to sing in church, and maybe you grew up singing this too. If you know it, feel free to hop right in, but it goes, I am a promise, I am a possibility, I am a promise. With, we don't have, you guys just raised as heathens. You don't even know this song? <laughs> well, thank you, Lord, for sending in the harvest because he's going, to, I am a promise. I am a possibility. I am a promise with a capital P. I'm a great big bond of love, potentiality. Yeah, nah, nah, nah. And then you, you, you have to end with the jazz hands. That's what makes it work. Everybody jazz hands makes everything better. It's like ice cream on pie. It's always better with ice cream. <laughs> but I want you to understand that you are a bundle of potentiality. As a matter of fact, turn to your neighbor right now, look them in the eye and say, you are full of it. <laughs> you have more potential than you will ever realize. And I want you to understand this today. No matter what level you are operating at, there is more. Whatever level you are operating at within your relationship and your marriage, as good as it may be, there is always better. There is always more. In God, we go from level to level, understanding to understanding, glory to glory. We serve a God of increase and not decrease. The Word of God teaches that we are the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. We are always moving forward and never retreating. That's why I'm always fascinated by the armor of God. If you read about the armor of God, it's only covering our front. There's nothing covering our back. You know why? Because we are always advancing and never retreating. So today I want to look at three keys from the scripture that will increase your impact and unlock your potential. How many of you want to make a difference in your life? By a show of hands, you want to live a life that makes a difference. I love what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians, the ninth chapter. He says, I don't fight as one who's just beating the air. In other words, I'm not swinging my fist aimlessly. I live intentionally. I live in a way to make maximum impact. If I'm going to exert the energy to swing, I'm going to make sure that I hit the target. I think in life there are a lot of people swinging, there are a lot of people doing, but a lot of times we're not really hitting the target because we have not learned how to unlock our potential. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to be talking about unlocking your potential. And understand this, every single person in this room has potential. There is no one greater than anyone else. You are just as good as the person sitting next to you. You're just waiting to discover, unlock, and activate your potential. So we're going to start in Ecclesiastes, the fourth chapter, verse 9. This key will be the overarching key for today, although the other two keys will work along with it. 
The Bible says two are better than one. Turn to the person next to you and say two are better than one. Because they have a good reward for their toil. Their labor is rewarded because they are working together. If you're taking notes, write this down. Life is not a solo gig. Life is not a solo gig. It is intended to live within community and partnership. When God created the heavens and the earth, he looked at every aspect of his creation and he said, what? It is good. But when he creates man and he places him in the garden alone, God stops. He pauses. He takes a step back and he says, this is not good. It is not good for man to live alone. So what does he do? He creates woman. He, he institutes the first community. Partnership is powerful. Turn to the person next to you and say, partnership is powerful. You can do more and go farther when you are partnered with someone who is headed in the same direction with the same goal in mind. That's important. What I just said right there is important. You have to make sure that the person or the cause you are partnering with is moving in the same direction as you. Because if you have two different visions, you're going to have division. The Bible says, can two walk together unless they are agreed? If your marriage is going to work or your relationships are going to work, you have to make sure that you are working together and not pulling. Are you following me? Sometimes things don't work in our life. And if we'll just examine who we have attached ourselves to, we'll realize that we're actually pulling away from one another instead of pushing in the same direction. It doesn't mean that that person that I'm in a relationship with is, is an evil person. They just have a different vision. They have a different direction. So when I partner with someone, I have to make sure that we are headed in the same direction. Somebody say same direction. Because not everyone you allow into your life is good for your life. If you'll catch what we're going to talk about today, it will help you in every aspect of your life. Nick, I know that you take a lot of this stuff, you apply it at work. This is the kind of stuff that will work at work, it will work at home, it will work in your community, it will work wherever you go. You have to make sure you are partnered with the right people because the wrong person has the potential to sink your life. I was thinking about the story of Jonah and the great fish. How many of you, you know that story? Jonah gets on this boat and a storm comes up. And everyone is panicking because the ship is being destroyed. They don't know what's going on. Finally, Jonah says to them, guys, I'm the problem. What you need to do is you need to throw me overboard because if you throw me off the boat, everything's going to be okay. And so what do they do? They throw Jonah off the boat, and guess what happens? Peace. Peace happens because they got Jonah out of their boat. Now, a very similar story to that is Jesus with his disciples. One day, he's in a boat. He's sleeping. A storm comes up. It starts to, I mean, it's going crazy. The disciples are freaking out. Jesus is asleep at the back of the boat. They wake him up. They're like, don't you care? They were about to die. Jesus stands up, speaks to the wind, speaks to the waves. Peace, be still. Peace happens. 
One boat was saved because of who they got out of the boat. The other was saved because of who they had in the boat. Who you partner with is important. You've got to make sure that you are headed in the same direction, that you have the same heart, the same goal, the same vision. It is through our connections and partnership, this is important, it is through our connections and partnership that our destiny is revealed and the reward is received. You will never see your full potential by yourself because two are better than one. Two can accomplish more than one. You absolutely have gifts. You have talents. You have abilities. But many times those gifts, talents, and abilities are activated through the proper connections. I want to show you what this looks like in Luke 5, talking about the power of partnership. And for those of you who are lost, partnership is the overarching key of today. So Luke 5, starting in verse 1, the Bible says, On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him, they're they're pressing in on Jesus to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put a little out from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, when they had done this, when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. Somebody say abundance. Verse 8, but when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. So let's break this down. The overarching key is what? Partnership. The first thing that we see happen in this story for Peter to partner with Jesus is he makes himself available. He's been fishing all night long. That's what he does. That's his career. He's been fishing all night long, but they've caught nothing. That's bad news. I mean, how many of you can understand, like, if you don't catch fish and you're a commercial fisherman, that means you don't have any money. So not only is Peter tired, not only is Peter frustrated, but he's also scared to death because he's got to go home and tell his wife that he has no money and she's got to send everything in her Amazon buggy back. (laughs) And the Bible teaches hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. Translation, if you ain't got no money, she's going to be angry all the time. (laughs) But are you following what I'm saying? I mean, this is... I'm trying to put this into, like, terms that you can understand. This is a bad day for Peter. 
The last thing he wants to do is sit in a boat and listen to a man teach. He's tired. All he wants to do is clean his nets and go home. But he makes a decision, one decision, that changes his life forever. Changes the entire direction of his life forever. And the one decision he made was this, I'm going to make my boat available. I'm going to partner with Jesus in his mission to preach the gospel. That's it. I'm just going to be available. Turn the person next to you say, be available. It's really powerful when you think about it, because Peter did not stand up alongside Jesus and teach in this moment. Peter did not stand up in this moment and preach a sermon that changed anyone's life. All he did was make himself available, but his availability changed his life forever. Many times when it comes to our potential and unlocking our potential, it simply starts by making ourselves available. What happens? He makes himself available. Jesus turns and says, okay, since you've partnered with me, now I'm going to partner with you. Go out and catch some fish. Which brings us to our next problem. Not only is Peter tired and worn out, but he, he knows how to fish, and this guy's a carpenter. I mean, do we have any mechanics? I know Rick's in here. Rick, if I ever come and tell you what to do to a car to fix it, you better know that Jesus told me something. <laughs> because I have no clue what I'm talking about. And that's what Peter's dealing with. You got this guy, he's a carpenter. Now he's going to tell me to go fish. I've, I've already fished all night. I've gone to all the spots. All the spots that normally work are not working now. But nevertheless, somebody say Nevertheless. Peter says, at your word. So not only am I going to be available, but I'm going to be obedient. These two things work together. Not only am I going to be available, but I'm also going to be obedient, even when it doesn't make sense. And I've served God long enough to realize that many times the things he asks us to do don't make any sense. Not in the natural Love your enemy? Really? Are you kidding me? But see, there's a blessing attached to loving your enemy. But the only way to tap, tap, tap into that blessing is through the obedience of doing it. Making yourself available and then being obedient to do it. The willing and the obedient, the Bible says, eat the good of the land. You can go all through the scriptures and find things that God asks us to do that don't make sense. But as soon as we step out in obedience, then the blessing is unlocked. It is impossible to unlock the door of blessing in your life without the key of obedience. You may not like it, but it's true. I actually think, you know, in the series we're talking about keys, and there's a lot of different keys we're going to talk about, but I was thinking about it this week. Like, to me, obedience is like the key ring that every other key hangs on because no other key will work without obedience. Faith is a key, but without work, which is what? Your obedience to do what God has asked you to do, that faith is, the Bible says, dead useless. Last week we said it flatlines. 
Obedience is the key. And here's the key to understanding obedience. Stop waiting for it to make sense. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Most of you can quote this scripture. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. What's next? Lean not to your own understanding. There it is. Boom. There are things you're not going to understand. But just because you don't understand it doesn't mean it won't work if you'll walk in it. I already told you, like, I don't know anything about cars, Rick. I can't fix a car. But I promise you, my truck will work just as good for me today as it will work for you today. Because I know if I put the key in and turn it, it will crank. I know I can put it in drive and push the pedal and it will go. I don't understand all the workings of what's happening, Bob. I don't know what the engine's doing. I don't know any of that. But I know it will work as long as I work it. Anytime God speaks, even if it doesn't make sense, it will prosper as long as you work it. He honors his word above his name. He watches after it to perform it. It will prosper wherever it's sent, even when it doesn't make sense. Are you following what I'm saying this morning? It's important because there are many things to us that do not make sense, and because they do not make sense, we never step out into it. We don't step out into forgiveness because it doesn't make sense. We don't step out into love because it doesn't make sense. We don't step out into building people because it doesn't make sense. We think, you know, we need to build ourselves, and in the process tear other people down, not realizing that that's not how the kingdom works. You go further by building others. You go further by partnering with others. If you want more, you've got to learn to do more with others. Turn to the person next to you and say, partnership. So Peter makes himself available. Then he is obedient to the word, even when it doesn't make sense, and God brings the blessing. Here's where it gets very interesting to me. He is so blessed that his boat by itself cannot contain the fish. So he calls to another boat and says, hey, I need y'all to help. This boat now has the decision of what are we going to do? Are we going to go home? Or are we going to go see what Peter's yelling about? But they make the decision to partner with Peter. And because they partnered with Peter, they experienced the blessing as well. Watch this. Peter became the conduit. Peter became the connection. Peter became the connecting place to the blessing, but their partnering with Peter also attached them to it. So here's what you got. It's not just partnering with Jesus. Absolutely, we have to partner with Jesus. But we also have to learn that if we can partner with people that Jesus is blessing in the moment, I can actually, I, I can tap into that blessing. Peter set the stage, the other boat partnered, and it became a blessing for their life. I remember when I was a kid, this gentleman in our church, he had like this contraption that was like two wires and a crank, and you would crank it, and if you held the two wires, it would shock you. Has anybody seen one of those things before? It like sends a surge, like if you're holding it, it sends a surge from one hand all the way through your body, it stops your heart, you, you die. Um, you know what I'm talking about? 
Well, I remember one night my, my dad's softball team all went over to this guy's house, and we all got in a big circle, and it started with one gentleman holding the wire, and then we just connected hands all the way around the room to the other end where the other wire was. As they started cranking the crank, the surge of energy went through every single person in the room. We all became conduits, conduits of the electricity. See, if I am being blessed in my life, you can actually tap into that blessing by partnering with me. Bob, if you're being blessed in your life, I can become a, I can become a beneficiary of your blessing if I learn how to partner with you, if I learn how to tap into it, if I, have to, if I begin to learn what is it that Bob is doing that is working, then I can actually tap into it. I want to show you another thing from, from uh, the Bible in Philippians, the fourth chapter. Let me start with verse 19 of Philippians 4 to give you a verse that everybody knows. The Apostle Paul tells them, my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches which are in glory through and by Jesus Christ. It's a popular verse, okay? How many of you have ever heard that verse before? How many of you have ever quoted that verse before? Like you're in a time of need and you're like, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches, glory through and by Jesus Christ. That's wonderful that you quote that, but it's probably not going to do anything for you if you don't understand the context of what's happening. So now let me go and start at verse 14. Yet it was kind of you to share my troubles. Paul's talking to the church there. It was kind of you to share my troubles. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel... When I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that is... I want to read that again. Not that I seek the gift but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. Paul is saying, you helped me. I, have, I wasn't going after the gift. What I wanted is I wanted you to receive the increase of what the gift would bring into your life. But unless you release the gift, you can't experience the increase. So many times when you hear preachers talk about things like sowing, reaping, you think they're trying to extract something from you, not realizing they've tapped into something. They have an understanding that they're trying to get to you, not to extract the gift, but to get to you what the gift can bring. I remember uh, my dad always told the story when he was in his 20s, he started doing this traveling ministry, and he would rent out these, these arenas, and he would, his band would play, and he would preach, and all this stuff, and one night he got done, he was feeling good, he was excited, and his dad came to him, and his dad wasn't that excited. My dad was like, what's that? Like, what's, what's going on? My grandfather said, you did not receive an offering tonight. My dad said, yeah, but, you know, I'm here. I just want to be able to, I want to freely give, and I want to bless the people. And my, my grandfather said, your heart is good. He said, but you blocked the blessing they could have received because you did not receive an offering. Because the release of the gift is what would open them up to receive. Are you following what I'm saying? 
had nothing to do with trying to get something from people. It's all about trying to get it to them. Paul is saying, he's talking to people who are financially supporting his ministry. He's thanking them for the gift. He's thanking them for partnering. But he's saying, you know, to me, it's not about the gift. It's about what the gift can bring to you. Verse 18, I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Ephroditus the gifts you sent. A fragrant offering. What's the gifts that you've... Your partnership with me in the gospel is a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. The gift you, the gift you released is a fragrant offering to God. It is pleasing. It is acceptable. Let me just pause right here. Paul traveled all over the place preaching the gospel. People are saved. People are healed. People are delivered. Some of these people in the Philippian church may have never left their village, but every time Paul preached, they preached because they partnered with him. Are y'all are following this this morning? I'm trying to show you the power of partnership. Because when you partner with someone, the reward they receive for their labor is the same thing. Sean, you and Justin are in business together. You have an HVAC uh, company. If you need your HVAC worked on or service, talk to Justin or Sean. Um, I would like a cut of this. Use, use promo code ARM when you. <laughs> but here's the thing both of them have different gifts and abilities. Sean has gifts and abilities that Justin does not have. Justin has gifts and abilities that Sean does not have, but both can be benefited by one another by partnering with each other. So if Justin does a great job at an install or an upgrade or whatever he does to the unit, Sean may never go to the location, but he will be blessed by his labor. There are things that Sean will do in the office or on a computer that Justin may never see. But because he has partnered with Sean, whatever Sean does that blesses the company, Justin becomes a recipient of it. Are you following what I'm saying? Partnership is powerful. And when it comes to the gospel, when you support the gospel and you partner with the gospel, then the reward that comes from that labor is yours as well because you have partnered with it. Some of y'all should get excited about that. You should get excited because God is doing some incredible things through this ministry and because you have partnered with it, you are a part of that blessing. So Peter, he makes himself available. He's obedient. He's partnered with Jesus. And then those that have partnered with Peter become a recipient of the blessing. These three keys, his availability, his obedience, and his partnership unlocked his future and his potential. That morning, Peter was nothing more than a commercial fisherman. But he left that day being a disciple of Jesus that would become the foundation of the church. Think about that. In one Simple decision of making his boat available. What was that? It's his resources. It's his time. 
Jesus, I, I, yep, you can have my boat. You can have my time. And it paid off for him. And the miracle is not the, the, the multiplication of the fish. That's, that's wonderful. The miracle is his purpose and his potential was extracted from him. See, it, it doesn't matter how much money you have. If you've never walked in your purpose, you'll never be fulfilled. There's a lot of people that have a lot of money that are never happy because they're not walking in their purpose. But if you'll walk in your purpose, what Jesus is trying to show them through this, if you'll walk in your purpose, I can bring the resources you need. You don't even have to worry about that stuff. As long as you'll continue to make yourself available, as long as you'll continue to be obedient, as long as you'll continue to partner with me, I will open up the windows of heaven. I will pour out a blessing upon you that you cannot contain. But it starts with being available. And, and here's the beautiful thing about being available, is you never know where it's going to take you. It may start off looking like one thing and become something completely different. I love this message because it's my life story. I am a product of partnering with others. The, the best way to see your destiny and your dream revealed is to partner with someone else and helping them discover their dream and their destiny. When I was a kid, I worked in my father's children's ministry. There was a time I was a puppet. Scott, back there, he's running around media. He was a puppet. Do you remember your puppet's name, Scott? What would you name your first son? <laughs> <laughs> has nothing to do with the story it's just it's but it started off I was working a puppet I think I was Pappy I don't even remember I think I was Pappy the puppet and then there came a time they wanted a, they wanted a gorilla I was like I'll, I'll be the gorilla and so I hopped around in this hot monkey suit in children's church the gorilla didn't talk so I never you know never told the kids Jesus loved them I like <laughs> that's, that's it, you know. Yeah. Anything you do is worth overdoing, yeah. <laughs> so I was a gorilla, and then summertime, I, I, I spent my summers at my father's church, and I would clean the church. Back then we had pews. I would polish the pews. I would vacuum the carpet. I would clean the toilets. My dad would give me a $20 bill and say, son, this is your money for lunch all week. Thank God for Taco Bell back then. <laughs> now $20 at Taco Bell won't do much. But back then, man, you could get a 69-cent burrito. What was I doing? I was making myself available. I can go on and on and on and on and on and on with my story. Anytime, anytime he needed something, anytime there was an open door, at the church, I would make myself available. And what I, what I saw was each thing led to the next thing that got me where I needed to be. And still to this day, I will make myself available. I'll try to find the need and fill it. I'll try to find the hurt and heal it. And when you do that, doors begin to swing wide open to you. It's amazing. 
It is amazing what God will do in your life if you'll just simply make yourself available even when it doesn't make sense. I know I, I'm, I'm going to Medlin now. My, my grandmother would say, you, you've left preaching and gone to Medlin. But <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, Billy, I was probably 11 years old. A, a guy came to the church, gave me this wonderful prophecy about the ministry I was going to be in. And I left that night. I went home, opened up my Bible, and I was like, man, I got to get all this. I got to start getting the Bible in me because I'm going to preach the Word of God. You know, that was my mindset then. But now I see it wasn't, it wasn't that at that moment. It was the puppet. It was the gorilla. Didn't make sense. What if I would have been like, well, I'm called to preach the gospel, so I'm not going to do the puppet. I'm called to preach the gospel, so I'm not going to do the gorilla. I'm called to preach the gospel, so I'm not going to play the piano. I'm called to preach the gospel, so I'm not going to play the bass guitar. I'm called to preach the gospel, so I'm not going to clean the church. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Did you know, like, a few months before I was sent out to start Activation Church, I was still running a vacuum at my father's church. There were times I would preach for him on Sunday and Monday, grab a vacuum and be vacuuming. What was I doing? Making myself available. Helping someone else with their dream. And if you'll help somebody with their dream, God will help you with your dream. What you make happen for others God will make happen for you. you. You don't have to worry about advancing your life. If you'll just get in that flow of learning how to partner and help others and love others and encourage others and lift others up, stop trying to tear them down, thinking that the tearing of them down is going to advance you, God will do for you what you cannot do for yourself. What it took Peter all night out on the water, Jesus accomplished in one word. Go catch some fish. Peter exhausted his resources and caught nothing. In one moment, Jesus turned it around. That should be a word for somebody today, that in one moment, in one moment, in one moment, in one moment, Jesus can turn it around. As long as you are willing, available, and obedient, then you can learn to eat the good of the land. Father, I thank you for every single person in this room. And Lord, I ask that you would speak to their heart today. Lord, show them where and how they can become available. Lord, show them what it is that you would have them to do. Show them the direction that you would have them to go in. And Lord, through their simple act of availability and obedience, Lord, we ask that you would begin to bless them. We ask that you would begin to bring increase to them. Father, we ask that you would begin to open up their eyes to show them things that they've never seen before. Lord, give them a vision for the future that you have for them. In Jesus' name.